You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, it's a crossover Thursday brought to you by Prize Picks, Locked On Lions, Matt Derry, Locked On Seahawks, my guy, the Seahawk Maven, Corbin Smith. A little crossover here as Detroit will host Seattle this weekend on Sunday. We welcome into the program on this, a Thursday, September the 28th, and a Friday, September the 29th. Lions and Seahawks. Corbin, what's going on, my brother? Good to see you. I'm doing well. I'm actually really looking forward to this game because the Seahawks finally get their offense going, but their defense (laughs) continues to struggle. So it's strange saying that quarterback might be the least of their concerns with Geno Smith replacing Russell Wilson here. How about that? We got to get into that and more. We are brought to you by prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. And if they score more or less in their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with promo code locked on that's prizepicks.com promo code locked on lions and seahawks gonna be weird corbin without seeing uh, russell wilson um under center you mentioned geno smith so that ought to be i think when people got saw the schedule and you know, even saw last year that the seahawks were coming here they're like oh russ all of a sudden it's kind of a new look team huh yeah, there's a lot of new faces in key places. You got two rookie tackles, and you've got a new quarterback that's kind of the bridge QB right now until they get their future franchise quarterback, most likely in next year's draft. And then they've got Jamal Adams out with an injury again. So they're trying to plug and play a few guys in their secondary. They've got a bunch of other rookies playing. So it's it's clearly a rebuilding year for the Seattle Seahawks. And it's interesting going into this game when you're looking at storylines revolving around this team. As I mentioned a moment ago, you know, almost every one of these crossovers, I'm asked immediately about Russell Wilson no longer being here and Geno Smith being the quarterback. But that has not really been the problem for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, they've had their issues scoring points, but I don't think a lot of that falls on Geno Smith's lap. I think he's played really well. He's got a completion rate well above 70%. I think he's at 77% right now has not been able to score a lot of touchdowns, but their run game has been very up and down. They haven't been able to really protect him at times from the interior of their offensive line. The tackles, the rookies have actually played pretty well, but overall the offense has not been the biggest problem. Geno Smith has certainly not been the biggest problem. The issue has been their defense, in particular the run defense, which is surprising. The last two years they've been in the top five in the NFL for yards per carry allowed. And this year, they're near the bottom of the league. They're second worst in rushing yards allowed. Teams have just been gashing them with their new hybrid 3-4 defensive scheme. They haven't been able to execute their run fits. They've been missing tackles as much as any team in the NFL. So this seems like it could be a disaster going into this game because the Detroit Lions have the third best rushing attack in the NFL. Even if DeAndre Swift can't play, Jamal Williams has had success against the Seahawks in the past when he played for the Packers. So it feels like right now, yeah. it's every offense they're playing, it feels like they're playing against Kyle Shanahan coordinating. Like they just can't get stops against the run. Cordell Patterson went wild for 100 and I believe he had 107 yards rushing in the second half alone. 
on Sunday last week. So they just have not been able to get anything done stopping the run. And if they can't make major improvements in that area this week, they are going to get ran out of Ford Field by this high-powered Lions offense. Yeah, I mean, I was going to talk to you about that a little bit. I mean, you know, the days of the Legion of Boom and Bobby Wagner are obviously done. And uh, look, the storyline here is pretty simple. Uh, There's a lot of pressure on Dan Campbell this week. And last week, he openly admitted that he, he, he fouled up the game pretty good at the end against Minnesota. The, the Lions had two 10-point leads in that game, 14-0 and 24-14, the, the latter being the one that really kills you because it's an eight minutes eight minutes to go in Minnesota. You've dominated the game. Uh, you're playing, to me, a very average Vikings team. At least that's what I saw this past weekend. Jeff Okuda, how about this, Corbin, shuts down Justin Jefferson to three catches for 14 yards and you still lose the football game. And so now all eyes are going to be on Dan Campbell. The big storyline this week is how is he going to handle clock management, timeouts, late game situations, the fourth down uh, situations where it seems like he goes for it every freaking time. Uh, It could be fourth and 20 at their own five, and you're going, well, Jack Fox is going to come on to punt. Nope, not Dan Campbell. He's going for it. This is like Ron Rivera on steroids. Um, So it's, 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 the storyline here is can the Lions calm down, win a football game against a team they should beat? They are a, a favorite for the first time in years, and it will stay that way unless there's something uh, dr- uh, dr- drastic. Two weeks ago, they were favored uh, against the Commanders right until game time. I got back to a pick them. So they haven't been a, a favorite in a football game in two years. I think they're going to be this week, as you mentioned, Seattle's problems, but all eyes kind of on Dan Campbell here. And 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 can they can they get the job done and 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 him call a good game both offensively offensively and defensively and just kind of settle in because last week was a disaster having Austin Seibert, an injured kicker, by the way, trying a 54-yarder late. He misses Vikings come down and score. And in those situations, probably number one, go for it, fourth and four, or punt if you're inside, you know, the the opponent's 40. And instead he decided to kick and it, it was it was a disaster. I don't know how much of that you saw, but it should be interesting to see Pete Carroll versus Dan Campbell this week. I know that's not one of our matchups coming up, but it'll be interesting to see how that goes. That is kind of a perfect segue because you got two coaches that their DNA wise are so different because yeah. Pete Carroll's generally one of the more conservative coaches out there, at least in terms of going for it and fourth down and, and being willing to punt and, doing it inside their own territory. I mean, he has done that so many times that you've been left scratching your head. Like, why aren't you going for it? And then they had a third and two or a fourth and two at the seven yard line. They decided not to go for it and kick a field goal when clearly their defense couldn't get up the field, couldn't get stops last week against the Falcons. So that was under much scrutiny after the game too. So maybe it's the same thing for both these coaches. They're trying to go out and have a better game from a clock management and fourth down decision-making process. And that might be the difference in this game because Seattle's been competitive aside from week two where their offense just went AWOL. But the other two games, they have been very tight in the game for both those contests. And one of them, they were able to win. The other one last week, unfortunately, didn't make enough plays at the end in order to win at home. So they've been competitive. They're going to be looking to come in and, and pull the upset. It's strange saying that with the Seahawks coming yeah. to Detroit, but yeah. that's the state of the two teams right now. 
Key matchups coming up next with uh, Corbin, Matt Derry, Locked On Lions, Corbin Smith, host of Locked On Seahawks, our prize picks, a Thursday crossover. We'll get to those key matchups coming up next. want to tell you, though, about our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net, your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and, uh, and analysis and everything game, every game that you can find. And it's not just uh, NFL, MLB, got playoffs coming up, uh, division races here at the end, MMA, boxing, and golf. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. That includes live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. They're the best. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Matt and Corbin, a little Thursday crossover. Lions hosting the Seahawks are coming up on uh, Sunday. Key matchups. Uh, you, you start us off, Corbin. What, what do you see as something that's going to be important uh, this weekend? The Seahawks have got to find a way to keep Geno Smith clean. And this is not a Lions defense that has played very well in these first couple of games, but still somewhat frightened by the prospect of Aiden Hutchinson going up against Seattle's two rookie tackles. Now, Charles Cross and Abe Lucas, to this point, they have been the two best offensive linemen for the Seahawks. They have handled every challenge that's been thrown at him. Cross has given up three sacks, but for the most part, has been pretty solid protecting the blind side. And Abe Lucas has been the better tackle of the two. Their third-round pick out of Washington State, yeah. I believe, has only given up one sack this year. He has been a rock on the right side. He's been the better run blocker of the two, but he hasn't had quite as many challenges as what Charles Cross has had at left tackle. He did get to go against Nick Bosa a couple weeks ago and actually held up fairly well against him. But Hutchinson's been playing about half his snaps on each side. So if both these rookies are going to get their shot to go against the top three pick in Aiden Hutchinson. And so for two teams that are pretty young, and, you know, the Lions, I think, are closer to being a contender, obviously, than the Seahawks. But these are two teams that are trying to get back into contention. Those are the matchups that you are really zeroing in, looking at those high, uh, those high talent rookies, the high upside rookies. And all three of those players getting started on day one, we get to see that as a featured matchup that I think is going to have a major bearing in this game. If the Seahawks can't keep Aiden Hutchinson out of the backfield and he's able to get to Geno Smith several times, it's going to be difficult for them to get their passing game going. But if they can keep Hutchinson out of the backfield, I really like the chances for Geno Smith with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Noah Fan, and all the weapons he's got around him. I like their chances of being able to get the ball downfield against this Lions secondary that has really struggled the first three games of the season. Well, you, 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 uh, you know, what, what's the old radio term? You stole my thunder. You, you're spot on in terms of what the matchup is that, that bugs me here. And, and, and that is that Tracy Walker's done for the year and the lions have not been able to get any press. Well, the lions have gotten pressure on the quarterback. They've won. That's one game when they haven't, they've lost. I mean, last week, her cousins was sacked once. Um, the edges did not do a great job. The interior of that defensive line, you think the Seahawks is bad. The lions has not been good, both against the run and the pass. And you're right. Giving Geno Smith some time in the pocket to go deep, possibly against Juju Hughes and Deshaun Elliott, when Walker, your quarterback of your defense, your captain, is now done for the year with an Achilles, is, is definitely something to watch. I'll take it a step further. Jeff Okuda's played really well on the island in one of the corner spots. Devontae Smith, week one, shut him down. Terry McLaurin, week two, shut him down. Last week, I mentioned Justin Jefferson, three catches. and That's crazy. So Okuda's really stepped up and is playing well. The question is, 
for four straight weeks and having a uh, guard lock at the speedster or, or DK, can he hold his own? Will there be a little bit of a of slippage, which happens in this game? Um, and watch Amanio Ruarie, who struggled so mightily last week. He was flagged six times for defensive holding, pass interference, and the like. So that does that is a concern. I think the Lions, if they can get, like you said, get to the quarterback a little bit and put some pressure on Smith uh, and don't let him go deep, I think that's something to watch um, You know, this weekend. I know, I mean, DK's not... It's got to. It's interesting. I thought he'd be gone after Russ left and all the the changes. He, him still being there. What what does that say about him? And uh, or or is it just a, a a possibility that if this thing goes south, could he be somebody that's moved at the deadline? I don't think they're going to be trading him anytime soon. I think he wants to be in Seattle. He wants to be the focal point of the offense moving forward. And I'm sure he went into this thinking, hey, there's there's a really good chance that the quarterback I'm going to be playing with isn't on the roster right now. Yeah. This is going to be kind of that bridge year. But he and Geno Smith actually have a pretty good connection. And last year, two of Metcalf's three best games receiving yardage-wise were the games that Geno Smith started. So that is not translated yardage-wise so far this year. But he did have his first touchdown last weekend. And so his size certainly is something that's going to be interesting going up against Jeff Okuda. And when you switch gears here now, the Seahawks on defense, they, like I mentioned earlier, they have been abysmal. Last week, they gave up seven of the eight completions to Marcus Mariota in the first half, went for 20-plus yards. So they've been giving up tons of explosives in the passing game. And the run game, they gave up over 100 yards to Corderell Patterson in the second half alone. They gave up almost 200 rushing yards to the 49ers the week before. Like, they have been... I call them the Legion of Matadors right now because they have just been <laughs> winging that red curtain. Hey, come on over, Cordell yeah. Patterson, and then pulling out wide open gap. That's just been the way it's been the last three weeks. And they were able to get some breaks against the Broncos in the red zone, a couple fumbles they recovered, and that ended up being a difference maker. That's why they won that game. That has not happened the last two weeks. They've not been able to generate those turnovers so rather than just pointing out one matchup, I don't usually like to go the cheating route and be like one whole unit against another whole unit. Yeah. But to me, this is about Lions offensive line versus Seahawks defensive line because this is a unit, particularly in the interior, with Al Woods coming back, Puna Ford coming back. They added Shelby Harris. Who knows if he's going to be healthy enough to play this week. They got Quentin Jefferson back. This is a group that has a lot of experience and a lot of talent. It was supposed to be a strength for this team, and yet – they have struggled for the most part. Al Woods has been a monster, but everyone else has been very inconsistent, and that's been part of the problem stopping the run. They haven't generated a lot of pressure from the interior, rushing after quarterbacks. So that group has got to step up. And I just look at this Lions offensive line, and yeah. they've Good. got a couple really uh, high draft picks, the tackle positions. They've got one of the best centers in the NFL. I like the two guards they have, younger players that are coming into their own. And so, again, this is another matchup that frightens me from a Seahawks perspective because I'm just thinking if they get that downhill running game going and everybody's been able to do that against the Seahawks, especially off tackle, if they get that rolling with that offensive line, the way this defensive line is played, Daryl Taylor not setting the edge. I expect to see more boy Mafe this week, the rookie out of Minnesota. He's been really good against the run in limited reps, but this has been a front line that has struggled across the board with the exception of Al Woods from a consistency standpoint and going up against a really good offensive line, this game is going to come down as much as any game to the trenches. If the defensive line plays better for the Seahawks, 
then they have a chance to go into Detroit and win this game. If not, this could be one of those games where by halftime, I'm already writing up my post-game article because it's a blowout. <laughs> I'll say this, Corbin. I love Shelby Harris's interview after the Denver game when they said, what was the difference in the game? He said, because I they traded for me. I thought that was <laughs> funny. Uh, he had a little laugh about that being a part of that uh, Russell Wilson uh, deal. I'll say this. Uh, DeAndre Swift is not going to play this week with that shoulder. But like you mentioned before, this run game, Depth of, across the offensive line has been really good. They've missed. The Lions have. Um, uh, Halapulavati, Vitae, Ragnow missed a game. Jonah Jackson's missed two games. Yet the guys that have stepped up and stepped in, Evan Brown, Dan Skipper have done good jobs. And with Williams, Craig Reynolds, and even Justin Jackson now in Swift's stead, they're fine in terms of running the football. And that might be the game plan, uh, like you said, for this weekend. So uh, let's uh, we'll definitely keep an eye um, on that. All right, when we come back, we got a little prediction time. We'll see what uh, Corbin thinks of the Seahawks and I think of the Lions and how this game is going to finish up. We got to tell you about our friends, though, at Brightco. You don't want to be that guy, folks. You certainly don't want to be that guy and have it all splattered over the internet that you lost that engagement ring. You lost that watch, whatever it is. The guys at Brightco Jewelry Insurance will make sure that you get a replacement for the full value of that ring. No matter if it's lost, stolen, or you just can't figure out what happened to it, Go to bright.co forward slash locked on. It's the fastest and easiest and cheapest way to cover your butt with the best jewelry insurance in the business. These guys at Brightco are geniuses. They made buying insurance for your engagement ring or that watch or whatever. It's so easy. You can get it covered in two minutes or less on your cell phone. It's that simple. You won't find a better deal on great coverage. That's super affordable. Go to bright.co. That's B-R-I-T.co forward slash locked on. We all hate insurance, right? This is easy. It's simple. It's not going to cost you anything like five bucks a month. It's awesome. Check out bright.co forward slash locked on all the videos on the website. Go there now. Bright, B-R-I-T dot C-O forward slash locked on. Corbin Smith, locked on Seahawks. Matt Derry, locked on Lions. Let's wrap this thing up with some predictions. Uh, Corbin, I'll start. I, I think the Lions are going to win this football game. They're at home. Uh, I think they've had a, got a bad taste in their mouth after what happened last week. Um, the Seattle team, and I've watched them, and obviously you you watch every play. I think this is a winnable game for Detroit. I think they brown, bounce back and keep it simple with that run game. I think the offense has been really good uh, with Jared Goff, and I don't think they're going to have any problems scoring. This is not the Legion of Boom. Um, so I'm looking at this as about, about a 30-23 to 23 Lions final, 30-24, to 24, right around the number six and seven. And that Detroit takes care of business. Uh, they just got to clean some of these things up at the end of games, but they should have won last week. And I like the I like this this matchup uh, this weekend for Detroit. What about you? I look at this game as kind of one of those trap games for the Lions because you mentioned they're not used to being favored. So maybe that plays into the Seahawks' hands. Pete Carroll loves having an underdog, but I don't see this game working out very well for the Seattle Seahawks. I don't like the opponent, their ability to run the ball explosive plays in the passing game even if they're missing some of their key guys on the outside they've still got enough weapons I think Hawkinson is a guy that's going to give the Seahawks a lot of problems too they've had issues with tight ends for the last 12 years that hasn't changed this year on top of the other issues that they have they haven't been able to get off the field they have won three and out on defense the entire season if they can find a way to what? get some quick stops that's create it. some turnovers get some three and outs in this game and allow the offense to have more opportunities. The offense should be able to move the ball and score points against this Lions defense. 
that's the recipe for them winning. I just don't have confidence that they're going to be able to do that because they haven't shown they can do it to this point. They can't tackle. The run defense has been bad. So I'm going to go with Lions 34 and Seahawks 17. I think it ends up getting pretty ugly in the second half. I just don't think the Seahawks defense can get it done. Corbin, you said one three and out? One, one in three, three games? <laughs> Come on now. They didn't have any three and outs the first two games, and then they had one against the Falcons, and they turned around the next drive and gave them a long touchdown drive. So it wasn't a precursor for things to come. They just they haven't been able to get off the field. So it, it, it's crazy to think because of the history there and Pete Carroll. I, I was just going to ask you real fast as we wrap up, like how's he handled everything? We talked about Dan Campbell, who's handled everything pretty well, although there's a little heat now, and it's year two. It's a rebuild. He's not going anywhere. But Carol and the losing, I mean, this has got to be a different vibe in Seattle, huh? Yeah, I think it's a little bit different this year. Last year, there were such high expectations because they still had Russell Wilson. They were coming off a season. They went 12-4. and four. They won the NFC West. And then to go out and finish 7-10, and 10, I mean, Pete Carroll stormed out of a press conference, which that's just not Pete Carroll's personality at all. He was really struggling with that. And he has never had back-to-back 10-loss seasons his entire coaching career. And so the prospect of that happening this year and finally having two straight seasons, I don't know that he is handling it necessarily well, but he's maintaining positivity. The offense did make big, big leaps last week. So he believes this defense is going to get turned around from what I'm seeing. It's going to take some time and they don't have time right now. They need to get this ship righted, but yeah, he's remaining positive, but you can tell that he's disappointed with where the defense is at because they expected that to be an area that was a strength for this team. And losing Jamal Adams certainly is hurt, but uh, this unit has underperformed through the first three games. Shout out, by the way, to Scott Nelson on your practice squad, uh, U of D Jesuit High School, and a great kid with a great family. So we got to give him a shout out. I see he comes home this uh, this weekend. So Corbin. Great to see you, my friend. Thanks for uh, for doing this. It's the uh, Thursday crossover, as always. And uh, all the best the rest of the way, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Locked on Lions, locked on Seahawks. Matt and Corbin with you on a Thursday crossover brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks.